Hello everyone, you are listening to the Open to Happiness podcast. I am your host Nicoleta and I will be joined by Deborah Hawkins today, an author and blogger from Chicago, USA. We will be talking about the relationship between gratitude and happiness today and I am so happy I get to talk about this very important topic. Hello Deborah and welcome to the podcast. Hello Nicoleta. So, Deborah, let's start by finding out a little bit about you. Who are you and how was your journey in life up until this point? I'm about 64 years old and I've had um, some challenges in my life, many uh, career challenges, but I think they were um, established when I had, as a child, I had a lot of difficulties. I grew up with low self-esteem. I experienced some level of abuse and um, had low self-worth. And as I came to be an adult, patterns repeated themselves throughout my adult life. So when I um, decided I was in a deep depression in my 50s, and I decided that having gratitude practice would have a good effect on me. And I started a gratitude practice and developed that in a very interesting way based on what I experienced. And I learned a lot about gratitude, and I further developed this process to be intentional, that it wasn't just enough to put attention on good things that happened to me. I started to look for them, and that made a huge difference in my life. That sounds fantastic. I am aware that um, during that depression time, when all sorts of things happened in your life, you've been involved in a car accident. You've been the victim of a car accident caused by an uninsured driver. And you've struggled a lot on on a health level. You couldn't actually move your feet. You couldn't walk for months at a time. Is that, is that? That's correct. I had, um, I moved out of town to get a job. And the job didn't work out well, and I moved back. And as soon as I moved back, I had this car accident and other troubles. So I was really in a very um, depressed and low point in my life. And at first, I thought that just focusing on positives would be a good thing. But because I was also a writer who wasn't spending a lot of time writing, the act of looking for things to write about, positive things to write about, really had an extra lift for me. I see. It's interesting that quite a negative life event, like that car accident, and then the depression that followed an attempt to establish a new life in a new town, in a new job maybe a change of career, have actually led to a way back in, a sort of a journey within yourself, back to yourself, where you develop this practice of gratitude. And I would imagine that that has been instrumental in in your healing, in your treatment, in the way you've managed to turn your life around. So tell us a little bit, how come the, the gratitude show up on your alley? Um, I decided to um, put attention by a conscious choice, things that um, made me feel better or made me think made my life easier or more meaningful. I think of gratitude as usually something that either makes your life more pleasurable, more easier or more meaningful. 
And um, I started noticing what I wrote about short reflections and what I encountered in my daily life. Like it didn't have to be a great event to write about. I didn't need to win a lottery or have a, a big windfall. I was found out that I experienced gratitude from some very small things, like the kind of tile I had at the subway station. I decided it was very beautiful. Or going to a baseball game or football game where I noticed I was with other fans that were rooting for the same team. So I would write reflections about these little things. And I decided there was no such thing as a, a small thing, which is the name of my blog, actually, nosmallthing.net. I decided that there was nothing too small to contemplate being grateful about because the only thing that mattered was how it made you feel and what you decided to put your attention on. That's beautiful because you're talking about some difficult times in your life when you could have easily focused on the negative side of, of life, on the pain, on the, the frustration, on the losses that are coming with everything that was going on. But yet you're choosing to look into what's working well, into the little things that actually matter a lot. So you're bringing your attention on, on making a, an intentional choice of boosting your life or in increasing that positivity that, that helps you really feel better, feel happier in life. So um, the question is now for many people that are struggling with all sorts of adversities in life, can you actually be grateful when you have a lot of hardship in life? Oh, definitely. I learned a lot during this last year, during the pandemic, because when the pandemic first led to social restrictions, a lot of people were very upset and very disturbed because their normal routine was destroyed, basically. They couldn't count on that anymore. And um, people were very upset about being at home. And I remember looking at the things in my home and deciding it's not such a bad place to be. Certainly, I felt like I would love to go to a restaurant or see my friends. But I saw the exercise equipment I have in my home. I saw that I could listen to music. I saw that I had comfortable furniture and that I made this place, this physical space, a good home for myself. I was very pleased and proud and happy with that. And I decided that if I would have to be stuck anywhere, I couldn't think of anywhere I'd rather be. That's not to say I denied the hardships that was going on, but I saw so many wonderful things in the, what was presented to me. So great. That's true, really, because nothing is fully positive and nothing is fully negative. There's a lot of everything going on in our lives at any given time. And it's a matter of making a, a choice. Making a choice and actually looking and seeing more than what's, let's say, the dominant emotion at this particular time in your life. So by making all of these changes and focusing your attention on the little things that matter and being grateful for what is good, not necessarily focusing your attention on what is not working that great, which again, you don't have to express, you don't have to deny, you don't have to not acknowledge we acknowledge that negativity is around us, that things that are not perfect happen. But at the same time, there are so many other things that can actually elevate our lives and, and improve our well-being. 
and you choose to do just that. So would you say that whilst you're practicing gratitude, you're open to happiness? Um, there was famous TED Talk. So it was in 2013. It was with David Steindl Rast, who is a Benedictine monk. And he said, if you want to be happy, be grateful. And I think this is so important because everybody's ultimate goal is to be happy. But I think it's much easier to gauge being grateful. You know when it's happening to you. Something lifts your mood. Something provides a lift. And when you're like out pursuing happiness directly, you're often like not sure if it's really happening or you're afraid of losing it. So there's something wonderful about just focusing on what you could see really makes a difference to you. And I think that's being grateful. So I think being grateful is the first step to being happy. Yes, I would feel the same. And I think there are so many other people that are inspiring us, people that come from all sorts of places. And um, they talk a lot about being thankful, being uh, humble, detaching as much as possible from desires, especially those that can't be fulfilled. Sometimes we humans, we have this tendency of wanting things that are not necessarily easy to, to get or might not even be needed, necessary, let's say, for our survival, especially in this postmodern world when everything is changing so quickly and the digital world allows us to, to communicate and see what other people are doing, how do they live their lives. And that's probably enhancing our need for, for more material stuff, for more consumerism. It's the world that's shaping us at the moment. I'm thinking that Thich Nhat Hanh now is another monk which talks a lot about gratitude and stillness and peace. And when I understood that happiness is not actually that feeling of intensity, of high intensity, that lasts only for a little a bit of time. It's not something that stays forever. When you have a moment of, of high intensity that is very easily mistaken as happiness, I would say that happiness is rather a feeling of stillness and peace. That's the pure happiness, which no one can take away from you because it lays within yourself. Right. Um, I know in anticipation of talking with you, I thought about what happiness means to me. And I thought of the three C's. I think it's related to feeling content, which is what you just described, like not feeling like an intense pleasure, but really content with who you are as a person. I also feel that it's related to connection, feeling that you're connected with other people and with nature that also adds to happiness. And the other thing I say that I've learned from my gratitude practice is confidence. So my gratitude practice is a little different than many gratitude practices people are more familiar with. It's based on the idea that if you know yourself really well, you could develop your own personal gratitude themes. You're not trying to be pleased with what somebody tells you you should be pleased with. They're genuine themes for you themes that tend to make you feel grateful in different circumstances. And if you know what your themes are, 
You could look at new situations and find the presence of something you generally can appreciate in that moment. And so I feel that if you really practice a healthy gratitude practice, you could use that to uplift your mood in new situations. Once you know what makes you feel uplifted, you could practice, you could bring yourself up yourself. So that's a wonderful thing to have the confidence that you could, um, it's not like you worry about losing happiness you know how to go back to that state of gratitude. Wonderful. So you're talking about the three C's. It's very interesting how you, you made sense of the practice of gratitude, how you embraced it in your life and how you translated it into a very unique personal gain in a way, something that has enhanced your life. And you talk about contentment, connection and confidence. So beautiful. And I would imagine you're writing about this um, in your blog. You have, I understand, more than 500 articles written. And I'd like to introduce a little bit maybe the book that makes reference to this, The Practice Gratitude Transform Your Life, with the subtitle uh, Making the Uplifting Experience of Gratitude Intentional. And maybe share a little bit how you came about writing this book or putting all of these articles together. And what did they do to you? Why were they essential for you at those times when, when you probably needed to express parts of yourself that wouldn't have been expressed otherwise? And why are you sharing it with the world now? What are you aiming to achieve? I think living mindfully is at the core of anything, like any type of self-improvement or ability to feel content with your life. People think of mindfulness so often as a way to, like, you breathe deeply and you get rid of stress. But the mindfulness is so much more. If you know what you really love, you know what conditions you need to create for yourself to go back to that feeling. So I just did this unconsciously. I wrote little articles, little uh, essays about little things I encountered in my daily life that boosted my spirits. But after I read quite a few of them, I realized that I tended to write about a handful of themes like belonging, beauty, or humor, or self-appreciation. I mentioned that I was had very low self-esteem when I was young. So as I got older, anytime I act in a way that is honoring of myself, I'm very grateful of that. So I have personal themes, and I believe everybody has their own themes that are different. But I believe if you know your themes, if you are mindful of what they are, you could uh, practice seeing them in the world that's being presented to you. And I think that's tremendously empowering. So what I wanted to do, because I didn't set out to like teach other people, but I realized how this made such a big impact on my life. And I also have some experience uh, writing corporate training. Years ago, I did this. I don't know why I did it at that time, but apparently it really helped me build those skills. So it's a skill and a talent to look at what's unconscious and bring it to consciousness. Like Jung had some wonderful quotes about this, like 
that it's wonderful to make the unconscious conscious. Because once you know what you really feel, you know how to make decisions, you know how to make choices. And that's what I would like to help people do is understand their own personal nature and learn how to make choices that uh, reflect what they most value. Yes, it sounds fantastic because it all goes back to knowing yourself, isn't it? To discovering yourself, to understanding yourself and living in your own terms and creating the life of your dreams rather than following others, as you rightly mentioned earlier on. And it does make sense that obviously you're writing about the themes that are important to you, that are important to your own self-discovery and potentially to your own healing, because you're talking about that theme of belonging. And it could be very much connected with the abuse from the childhood. I'm a survivor of childhood trauma myself, so I understand this very well, how important it is to process what happened and to make sense of it and to understand it and to accept it and to integrate it in our lives as being part of our past. And then obviously learning to forgive gradually and heal. And that's what's creating the transformation. And um, it's funny that you talk about quoting because I was just thinking as you were talking about being a stoic, being resilient and focusing on what's positive around you making that intentional choice to really focus on what's doing good to you rather than on things that are putting you down, that are knocking your confidence and so on. And I, um, I'm thinking of Seneca, which is one of the Latin, one of the Romans, my ancestor in a way, who more than 2,000 years ago uh, wrote something so important about the true happiness which is not in thinking anxiously about the future, not um, depending with fear upon the future, but on enjoying the present moment. That's, that's where the happiness is. So people from ancient times have known the truth and they have spoken about it and they have wrote about it. But somehow during the history, I don't know what happened, but humans have forgotten the, the basics that you don't really need anything else outside of this present moment, outside of this here and now, which gives you everything you need. And there's no need to anchor yourself into them, maybe the pain of the past and not continuously anyway, or into the fears you're, you're projecting onto the future that might happen or not. But it's beautiful that um, you talk about it in, in such a coherent way and I've only had a quick look on on your articles and your blog online and I would imagine that the book is generous and explains a lot of how can we embracing gratitude improve our lives and then the question is how can you develop this practice if you've never been taught if you've never lived around people that have this awareness of themselves that can function in, in this, I would say, elevated level of consciousness on a much higher vibration, on a much higher frequency, where they don't have to get lost into feeling the hatred and the envy and everything else that is negative. How can they show this appreciation for life? How can they learn to appreciate life if they've never been introduced to this gratitude practice? The basics of my gratitude practice are pretty simple. And I say simple doesn't mean easy. 
because I ask people to put in a little effort to really look at their own lives and look for clues in their own lives and own experiences that they could use to determine what their gratitude themes are. And it's wonderful to be in a class. I teach classes on this. To be in a class and realize that what you are grateful for is not necessarily what somebody else is grateful for. Or everybody has their own thing that really uplifts them. Like some people love to do new things and other people really love routine. Some people love sensory pleasures and other people like to read books So everybody has a different thing and you should never try to like assume a focus of gratitude that was popular because your parents or your priest or your your teacher told you this is what you should be grateful for. But once you determine what you're grateful for, you have to practice seeing that and what is in the moment. So sometimes I show people slides of everyday experiences. And let's say they're grateful for having freedom, for having choice. Well, I would show a slide of being in a grocery store. And they never thought about it before. But it's amazing to look at the shelves and know that you could get one of 20 different kinds of cereal. Or (laughs) one of 30 kinds of honey. So it's like you don't think about how what you already love is everywhere. What you already value is all around you. You have to practice. You have to do a little work to understand what you personally care about. And then you have to practice seeing that in the world as it is. Yes, yes. Because uh, unless we celebrate what we have, unless we cherish what's great around us, unless we appreciate those people smiling around us or sending us a message or caring for us, or someone just um, waking up early in the morning to, to bake that bread that we're having every day, someone has given the time of their lives to create something for us, to help us carry on living And yes, it does sound like unless we make that conscious effort to awaken and to look around and to to appreciate this mindful living, as you mentioned, just being in the now, accepting that obviously there may be other things lacking, but what's happening right now, it's safe, it's secure, it's sufficient, it's good, it's nourishing, it's embracing And it makes such a difference to bring this kind of attitude in life rather than always looking into what's missing, what's not there, and what we don't have yet, what we haven't achieved yet. Yes, I mentioned that one of my personal things is feeling that I belong. That makes me feel very grateful. So I think about, uh, like, during the pandemic, I was very devastated and upset every time I turned on the news (laughs) and I saw more statistics. But there was one news show that actually would have a, a, a special feature on one person's life that their family talked about them. And I go, you know, this is really wonderful to grieve with other people that at a loss of life. So even though it was sad, 
it was kind of very life affirming to me that I was sharing with other people the challenges of being human. And even in the, those challenges, once you realize you share them with other people, you could find something within them to appreciate. Yes, yes, because it's important to, to be vulnerable and acknowledge that we are vulnerable and we are weak and we are human and acknowledge that we see ourselves in others very easily and we can see others in ourselves and that we are all the same. We are more similar than different. And I feel that just like you, this feeling of belonging, of being part of something greater, of being part of groups of people that maybe have similar interests, of being part of a family or a group of friends or a profession or anything really in the neighborhood as well. That's so important because you feel somehow contained, you feel held, you feel like you're not alone. And even showing appreciation for that is massive. Or even for the little things that just happen around us, like, you know, someone in the family doing the dishes or doing a bit of shopping or bringing you a little present or just making a cup of tea. Gratitude can be shown everywhere and in everything. It is as, as important. I, I would definitely agree with you. So we're coming towards the end of the podcast. What's the final message from you? Let uh, the listeners hear from you with a final message. Give them some tips about developing a gratitude practice. I recommend to pay attention to what moves you, what makes you feel good in your body, but also easy in your mind. And to, I love journaling, but I know not everybody loves to write, but at least take a little time to contemplate what it is about that thing exactly that touches you. And I think this is time well spent, that if you really understand yourself and what you care about, you could practice seeing that more things and making more decisions about how to create more of that in your life. Beautiful. This self-reflection is fantastic, isn't it? There's no way we can get to know ourselves without this. So yeah, journaling as well is very therapeutic. We use it uh, very often in my work. I would say the same towards the end of this podcast. Mindful living is just about awakening now and then and becoming aware that you exist in that space and time, in that moment, in that surrounding around you and getting in touch with your physicality, with your physical body, with your physiological sensations, as well as observing your thoughts and feeling your soul deeply, feeling your heart And um, I strongly believe, based on my life experience and clinical practice as well with my clients, that gratitude leads to better mental health. There is no doubt about it. It has helped me, it has helped you and so many other people. And um, I would probably close with Maya Angelou, which has been such a beautiful soul in this world and has left such a wonderful legacy to us all. She spoke a lot about gratitude in her poems, in her work. She said, let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer. Such a beautiful and powerful um, verse. That's it. Um, we're coming uh, towards the end. Thank you so, so much, Deborah. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for inviting me and for sharing your own experiences of this topic. Oh, thank you for taking the time to do this. It's been enlightening for me as well. 
A big thanks to all of you listening and many thanks to you, Deborah, for joining me here today. That's it for now. Until next time, we are wishing you all good health and happiness.